And welcome back to the Engage A podcast. Here today with Robbie Elliott to recap what happened in week two. Robbie, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Ready to recap everything that happened in college football this weekend. And then, you know, on Thursday, get ready to talk about the games that are going to happen this upcoming weekend, which, I mean, it's kind of a weaker slate of games than, you know, what we've been used to. But first and foremost, before we react to any games, we kind of just like I want to draw a little bit of attention to the uh, Mel Tucker situation. Obviously, being a huge Michigan State fan, if you follow me on Twitter, if you know who I am, I'm a huge Michigan State fan. And it just sucks to see what happened, whether that, you know, you believe he did it or not. It's still a real situation. It's still a real and thorough investigation. And Michigan State's, you know, higher ups did the right thing, suspending him. Obviously, he's not fired yet, but it's assuming that all of this is, you know, real. He won't yeah. be the coach for Michigan State anymore. So kind of give me your thoughts. Like, I don't know. I don't really know how to like go about this. I guess like, yeah, who do you kinda- think? It's just we gotta talk. It's a it, uh, it's just it, a weird situation. Like we're not gonna specify the details for uh reviewer purpose. I don't think everyone I think every if you know what's going on, you've probably seen it in headlines, you've probably yes. read a little bit of it. Yes. I guess the route I wanna go is who do you think is fit for the job going whether you, you think it's an in-house hire, which probably not unless you're gonna rehire D'Antonio, but I don't know if he takes that job or what coach do you think that realistically would be great for Michigan State next yeah, season? That's a good question. Um, I don't think it's in height. I don't think it's an in program thing. Um, I think Michigan State wants to rebrand this thing completely, <clears throat> and that's going to be tough. Uh, do I think the interim head coach? What is his name? Uh, Hank Hollerman. Is that his name? Uh, I think it's. His last name is Barnett, I'm pretty sure. Or yes, yes, you're right. Hank Hollerman. What am I talking? Hank, yes. I have heard great things. I've heard that this is a guy who has wanted to become the head coach for a long time. And he even said in a presser that this was not how he wanted to do it, but he's always wanted to be the coach of MSU. He just wanted to be a head coach in general. So if there's gonna be anyone in-house, probably gonna be that guy. I don't think D'Antonio comes back. Um I think D'Antonio, this is just kind of that act of like Spartan for life type thing. He's not going to, you know, he'll be there. He'll be coaching. But like this is not a not a forever thing. But to go on to your question outside of MSU, I there's a name that's been tossed around that is it's kind of made me laugh. But at the same time, it's like it's kind of interesting. Ed O, Coach O. Oh, I've heard it tossed around. I don't like it, but at the same time, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that either, to be honest. I, just I don't, don't either, but that. I don't know why it's getting tossed around. Um, But to be realistic, I don't even know what coaches are really on the market. You could say that you could realistically say that an assistant coach is probably the most viable from a team like 
Alabama from a team like Georgia looking because let's just put it this way. If I, I don't have an exact name that I would throw into this program, but this is a top 20 program. This is a top 20 job right now. Like this is a school with an $80 million facility, a ton of alumni has a good track record in college football. They're playing in the big 10. The big 10 is an absolute powerhouse, especially, you know, going forward into 2024. I don't think this is a job that anyone wants to shy away from. Now, yes, is there the problem that we just had? Sure, but you know that happens all over the country. It's happened. It's that's Northwestern right now, but it doesn't mean people are going to roll away from the job and just be like, I don't want this. This isn't a culture problem. This isn't player problem. This is one guy made a stupid mistake. So I think that a lot of big names are going to go after this. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, I heard the uh, Nick Saban retirement home uh, <laughs> one, but realistically, one. I think that uh, if they could get, well, what's Kansas's head coach's name? Ooh, that's a that's actually a really yeah, that's a good I, point. Uh, I think Campbell from Iowa State. I mean, he's maximized the crap out of Iowa State in the recent history. I mean, look what he did with Brock Purdy and Brees. Brees Hall, they were fairly Absolutely. competitive in the Big 12. I think Mike Elko would be someone that they're going to definitely shout out. I've heard the Tom Hermans. I've heard the Jason Candles. Like, I've heard. Yeah. And I think, I think honestly, out of all the best hires, I think Mark Stoops would definitely be, like, my favorite if they were able to get him because, I mean, he's maximized the crap out of Kentucky for Absolutely. the past couple of years, too. So That's it's just, an interesting one, though, because he almost – that was the guy that everyone wanted for Michigan to hire. That was like, oh, if Jim Harbaugh is gone, like, go get Matt Cannon. Was that? Am I correct on that? Pretty that, sure you his are. Name was, his name was getting thrown around somewhere, somewhere in this vicinity. Um, but yeah, dude, that would be. Those are all interesting names. Tom Herman. I think. I mean, was, one one that I've heard of that I'm like. That could be really good, but it could also backfire really bad if it doesn't start out good. Is uh, Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator from Colorado? Yep. So I thought his name has been, he came from um, Kent State. Yes. And he maxed the, he maxed the crap out of Kent State. Like they're absolutely, he put up his name really got, you know, in the spotlight when they played Georgia and it was just like, wow, this guy's really good. And now look at what he's doing. He's a guy that's definitely, no matter what, if he's not going to MSU, he's probably a one and done at Colorado. I don't see him. He's, yeah. He's, he's too good to be just an offensive coordinator at a school. Absolutely. This guy's a football mind, but like you said, it, it could go really good or it could go really bad. You know, these assistants, some of them are great head coaches and some of them are truly just meant to be assistant you know, coaches. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I to comment a little more on just the whole situation though, and what I think is going to happen. I don't necessarily. I mean, there's obvious evidence with Mel Tucker saying that he did what he did, consensual or non-consensual, whatever. We don't know that part. However, I think therefore him just saying it and him being married, autom- like MSU is almost kind of like. We're going to give him – this is a guy that, you know, was the big image for our program. We, we're we not just going to fire him. They're going to give him the respect he deserves. Maybe let this thing cool down a little bit and then we'll let him go because I, I just don't see a world where this man can be trusted leading young men. I mean, you got to remember there's 
there's parents all over the country who are trusting him to change their kid. You know, you walk in as a freshman, you're at the most immature point of your life and you want a, you want a coach that's going to change you as an individual. It's going to bring your son's going to come home four years later and whether he's in the NFL or not, he's going to be a better man. That's what you hope. And that's what you trust. And that's where you send. That's what a parent's job is, is just to make sure that they're getting that. That their yeah. The best opportunity for their kid. And I mean, I bet a lot of parents and I mean, even some of the players are, you know, frustrated about the situation. Yeah. I think Michigan state's done an okay job handling it. And I think D'Antonio yeah. coming back, like a lot of those, a lot of those players were recruited yeah. by D'Antonio to come in that are still there. Absolutely. So That's there's that point. for you, but I exactly. mean, it's, it's a really weird situation. It's kind of something that like, that was the last thing I would expect. I got like the notification at like 12 o'clock in the morning before I'm going to bed. And I'm like, what, what is going on? And then I read about it kind of in the morning and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. Like, like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's so it, disappointing because honestly, like the trajectory of where MSU is going now, do I think that do either one of us think they're going to beat Washington? Probably not. But this, it was going to be a lot better ball game than I think. Not that they've lost any guys. Like, that's the greatest part I think that's come out of this. And, I mean, I'm not an no one's quit. No one's quit yet exactly. from what I've seen. And so. I just – I'm not an MSU fan. However, I just don't like to see that for a program because it's just – it's it sucks. It sucks to watch because at that point it's – you're just watching something that should not have happened happen and now it puts everyone else at a puts them at a complete competitive disadvantage it makes the coaches jobs and days just that much longer having to try and refigure everything out it's kind of like the it's kind of like the jets situation right now it's like an entire yeah. season of game planning and now it's down the drain like you are now now you, now you got to come up with something different right exactly it's you just you feel for everybody in that building man it's it's tough yeah, I, I really I don't like to see it as much as I'm a Michigan fan. I hate seeing this stuff for any whether it's a rival or not. It just sucks to see. Not good for the sport. Yeah. Speaking, let's move on to the actual football conversation now. What was played on Saturday? Going to start off with this Texas Alabama game. I think this is the game that really just like solidified Quinn Ewers as one of those top quarterbacks in the country. Like his name has always been thrown around in that conversation. And like, honestly, he hasn't really performed to that high of a level till this game last year until he got hurt. And I think that like, I mean, we all knew the potential was there, right? I mean, he was a perfect rated quarterback according to 24 seven, like, no, a lot. A lot of people believed in this kid, and I think also this Texas defense really showed out as well. Like, obviously, Milrow, you know, not the best quarterback. You know, he's not. He's not going to be good from a consistent down to down basis. And what this Texas defense did was put Alabama in tough down and distance. Like I said, what was if Texas was going to win this game? You know, that's what they needed to do, and that's exactly yeah, what they did. Absolutely. That's exactly what they did defensively and then offensively. I mean, this offense is just loaded. And, I mean, there's nothing other than that. Xavier Worthy would have had way more touchdowns if he uh, if he had hands. So, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, but, no. It, I just – I was – we talked about this coming up into this game in our preview that, I mean, Texas's difference – is there's a lot of differences, but the biggest one is this defense. We finally see a Texas team with a real defense, and we're like, okay, like this, 
I mean, you show you see it against Rice, but you're like, oh, that's Rice, and now it's like, okay, that's Bama. Whether but you shout are- out to Rice for beating Houston over the weekend too. Right? Yes. Shout yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to JT. <laughs> JT Daniels, the the best back. quarterback bust to ever exist in college ever football. That away. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, dude. I mean, I think the biggest thing that jumped off the page for me as well um, is. Obviously, the play of viewers, but how about the maturity of the kid? Never got too high, never got too low. Um, There's a lot of opportunities. I mean, he was leading most of this game, but there was definitely some moments in that game where it's like, okay, yeah, you could see where an emotional high or low could have really affected him. And then after the game, this kid had, I mean, this reporter absolutely tossed it up to him for him to, you know, pull the Sam Ehlinger and say that Texas is back and every he he gave the most mature response. I believe the response was that our goal was to be one and zero every week. That there's still more to prove. That they haven't done anything yet. And it's we there was so much talk. The big thing that the big narrative about Quinn Ewers in the offseason was he shaved the mullet and that he was mature and he was going to grow up and take on this role and run with it. That's what Sarkeesian kept preaching, that that's what he wanted him to do. And then we got later on in the offseason that that is what he was doing. This was the proof. No, It's so hard for a kid, especially at his age. Remember, he's only like nine. I think he's only 19. Yeah, because he he, uh, reclassed, yeah, he reclassed, went to Ohio State, got his uh, Ford F-150 NIL, and then he uh, transferred to Texas. And then, I mean, last year, Obviously, he showed glimpses and like was pretty good, but like at certain points. But he also struggled when he came back from his injury. And then, I mean, all off season, it's talking about like there was question, like legit questioning, like is Arch Manning going to be able to start over Quinn Ewers his right. freshman year? I, mean, yeah, I thought people were crazy for that. I'm like, I don't think Arch necessarily really look. I don't think he's the best quarterback right now in that class. I think he's the best, maybe potential wise. But like he's got all the tools, but like I mean, you could say a lot of guys were are better than him right now, and I mean, it's I the kid's twenty years old, man, and he walked into Alabama. I mean, that's the other part is he did this in Bryant Denny Stadium. That is something that a lot Unheard of guys of. Don't do. The last kid to do it was Joe Burrow. Those two are the only two. I'm yeah, it's like every single team, every every single team that has beat Alabama at home in the right in the non-con or regular season, or maybe it wasn't even non-conference. Maybe it's just in the regular season. They either like end up becoming national champions or Heisman winners, or your Hugh Freeze. It's literally <laughs> it. Literally, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's a big accomplishment. It says a lot. Beating Nick Saban, I don't care how much talent's on the field, is not the easiest challenge. Not, but, uh, to, not at all. To, yeah. To move on to our next team, our 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 next team that we are enjoyed talking about thus far through two weeks of football, Ole Miss Tulane. Both teams we have loved to talk about. Ole Miss being that team that you know we're kind of thinking is going to sneak under the radar in the SEC, and then Tulane, you know arguably the best power or the best group of five team in the country. They kind of showed that. I thought this was going to be an upset. I'm not going to lie to you. The way this game shaped out to be like, you know, I thought Tulane was like, I mean, they obviously had their, got their lead and then, you know, everything kind of like fumbled away. I think Ole Miss just, they didn't play like, 
they didn't could play a complete game. And I think I think it really was a struggle with the running game not being able to get I was going. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, Keisha Jenkins has only a hundred and eight care a hundred and eight yards on thirty-one carries. Which year. is like not good. Yeah. I mean, I think last that was the image of this team. Right. And I mean, it's only proved that like Jackson Dart's just like one of the like I'm pretty sure he's the high has the highest efficient passer efficiency in the SEC. I mean, he's been really good. Like if you look at the throws that he's making, I know he threw an interception in this game, which it wasn't great. But like other than that, like I mean, he's been able to like make big plays and make big passes too. And I mean, Trey Her Trey Harris wasn't in this game the whole entire time either, but uh Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins were very huge for the for this mm. whole Miss team. They combined for 13 receptions. Like that's yeah. just something absurd. And I mean, they're missing like they're missing Zachary Franklin. They're missing Trey Harris. Like they're missing a couple guys. They're missing uh Pierre. Team isn't at full firepower and they're still performing well. Yeah. Two, I mean, obviously Tulane obviously didn't have Michael Pratt, but I mean Kai Horton, I don't I don't think is a bad quarterback. I think I don't think there's too much more that Pratt could have done personally in that game. Absolutely not. That Kai Horton could have done. Uh shout out to Quan Jackson. That kid was insane to watch the whole entire game. Wasn't he? It was truly a special performance. Like that kid, that kid might be like a day two, day three, like NFL receiver. Like the oh, D- I can see it. Yeah, like that's what's that's what's cool when you watch like about these like big programs, like you know, compete with like like a group of five team competing with a like power five powerhouse. Yeah, like, I you see, you see the best kids from those teams shine out, and you're like, okay, maybe that kid's like, you know, got a future. Right. That's why and they like, play these games. Everyone likes to nag on the, uh, the Michigans of the world. Even a lot of the SEC teams who play these just kind of garbage teams. But like, these are those teams' opportunities to show their weapons. I mean, if there's one goal as a coach, as a at a small school, it's to try to get that one or two guys you know, into the, it's, they're not going to be day one. We're not going to get a lot of day one picks out of group of five. Right. Teams. Like, I mean, typically it's like a higher profile recruit or a high profile transfer. Nowadays right. transferring to a lower level and like still putting up like pretty Dog good. Numbers. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's really easy if you're the quarterback. I mean, look at kids like, like Trey Lance, like, right. You know, completely like it. I mean, it's just tough, but like, I feel like, like a lot of kids that end up do like producing, like end up becoming like guys that like NFL teams are going to take in later rounds. Cause like, right. they're the, there's, there's still potential there. Exactly. It's the potential thing. And that's what, that's why these teams play those games. It's good for those programs. I mean, you would argue that it's not fun to watch, but you know, everything serves a purpose here in college football. And I, I love it. I love watching those, those games for more of the reason that you find these under the radar superstars. Right. Moving on, any other thoughts on Ole Miss Tulane? No, I, mean, I was I was getting excited. We were talking about the upset. Both of us now have one upset picked in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, kind of hype. That's I mean, fifty percent on picks on teams being unfavored. Which I mean, I don't know. I was like, I was scheming for like, you know, oh, what's gonna be my week three upset of the week? I'm just like. Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this week's a tough one. If we pick one this week, that'd be kind of impressive. Yeah, this is a, a very bad week. Because <laughs> every hard week, you know, you can't yeah. have, especially leading up to week four. You yeah, know? week four is a crazy slate of games. <laughs> but you know what? There's probably gonna be some big upset that we're gonna talk about Absolutely. next Tuesday that Absolutely. we may may or may not predict. Uh but yeah, let's get into this Miami, Texas AM game. 
I'll first out and come and say it like Tyler Van Dyke's back. Like he is in his oh, 2020. He's, he's in his 2021 form form. Like one thing that really impressed me is like there was a lot of questions coming into this season about the receiving room. And I think there's three guys now, obviously, in Restrepo, George, and Young. Those guys are legit. Like Tyson and M's, I mean, they're I don't think they're coached necessarily to the best on the defensive side, but also I just think Miami's kids are really talented and we're able to, you know, compete is the word I would use. Just pure explosion. I mean, yeah. And I mean, they also got a kick return for a touchdown in this game too. That was like, that was hype. This is a, uh, and like Miami really didn't use their ground game either. Like Henry Parrish had a couple of runs, but like, I mean, he had 10 carries, but yeah, it's, it wasn't to the point where, and I think this team actually can run the football very well. Like I don't think I, they didn't need to though. Is the thing no. I, I think Texas A and M. So like their front seven's like pretty solid, especially like their defensive lines. Absolutely pretty good. Yeah. But like I mean, I I just think these DBs on Texas A and M weren't coached very well. I think Wegman played an okay game. Like he was, he was a big part of the reason why like this Texas A&M team was in it to begin with and had a lead in the first place. Absolutely. And Evan Stewart, you just got to continue to give this guy credit. This is a guy I think that is probably going to transfer. I I don't see him playing because I think he's only a sophomore. So he's got one more year before he goes. I don't see him staying in staying at A&M. He was the top. Was he the top receiver in his class? I believe he was. This was, this was that first five star to that one class that, Texas A&M got that everybody thought was going to put him back on the map, you know, but obviously that's I don't, I don't even think it's a talent problem at this point. I think no, there's just it's a coaching problem. Yeah. It's, it's a coaching problem with Jimbo, which I mean, the school, they paid him all that money. And that, I mean, going back a little bit to what we introduced the show with, I mean, Mel Tucker, the only reason why I feel like they haven't fired him yet is because exactly. they're, they're, they're just trying to, and yeah. They, well, yeah. Yeah, and not just that. They're just also not trying to give him $70 million. I don't know what Jimbo's buyout at this point would be if you fired him. A lot. I don't even – I think I don't know, but at this point, it's like – It's an investment, man. I'm telling you. I mean, unless Texas A&M's like being happy, being like a middle of the pack, like SEC team, which I mean, at the level that they recruit, they shouldn't be. But no, this team could this this team is a bigger ceiling than that. And their quarterback, their two star players on offense are have those ceilings as well. But yeah, back to just Miami in general, I think. The ACC, man, it's just it's going to be crazy. This is going to be a crazy finish. ACC is looking a lot better than uh, I I thought going into the season. Honestly, the ACC race might be more fun. The ACC and Pac-12 race might be more fun than this SEC race because I don't think even and even the Big Ten race, to be honest. Oh, at least least the Big Ten East race. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, I don't know who's going to come out of the West now as we'll get into that in this next game. Right. But, But yeah, no. This receiving core is nasty, bro. If you have three receivers who are competing to put up 100 yards a game in the same game and Dyke is thrown for 370, five touchdowns, I mean, that says 12.5 yards per attempt. Yeah. Special teams like that kid who was returned, who returned that punt? Uh, I think so. Rashard Smith. Yeah. Dude, that kid has that like that that kid has some juice dude like that's like four 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 three speed right there oh easily man i saw he he fired out like a 
out of a yeah. cannon, dude. It was like holy. I mean, it ain't Zechariah Branch, but it, no, it, but, it's, no it, but I don't know if you saw that stat. Zechariah Branch, he recorded on his punt return, I think, a speed of twenty-two and a half miles an hour. That I was think... the fastest of any football player that played all weekend, including Tyree Kill, who was at twenty-one point two. So that just puts into perspective, ladies and gentlemen, Zechariah Branch has the juice. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen a returner with that much juice in college since like D'Anthony right. Thomas, Tavon Austin. Like right. Oh yeah. Easily. A hundred percent. I mean, there's I don't think there's been a player with that much juice, like just in terms of like big no. playability since Saquon. Like I think that's not crazy to say. That's not crazy to say at all. No. That's actually a great comparison. So, I mean, obviously two different uh, skilled positions, but like an open, right. open, an open field purpose Just, is yeah. like both these, both those a guy kids. who has a seam. It's like, it's unbelievable to watch. It's, it's must watch television. Wisconsin, uh, Washington state. Washington so, state. you know, Cam Ward for Heisman. I, Nah, I don't. I don't think they're gonna compete in the Pac-12, and uh, I think they're gonna, you know, push around some teams. And one thing I will say is this secondary, like, absolutely impressed me a lot. Like, I like Washington they State secondary. Yeah, Washington yeah. State secondary. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, they could not have like played much better. Like, they for like they forced Wisconsin to throw it on them a lot. And I mean, they were they were like they were making sure that this run game didn't get going. I mean. The, and, there is nothing else to that. And then, I mean, I obviously it shows that like Mordecai isn't like that, honestly, that great of a quarterback. Nope. Like, in my opinion, I think nope. that he underperformed. I mean, Ward, he like he might not look the best statistically, like in terms of like passing yards. And I mean, only like 2.5 yards per rush, but like this kid led them to this victory. And like, I Absolutely. think, the, I think the offensive play calling was great from Washington state. They just kept like, they made Wisconsin like just always like second guess their decisions almost like it was a I, defensive. It was honestly a defensive masterpiece. Yeah. Just like in, coach, in terms of coaching. Yeah. I mean this Washington team or Washington state teams like tip. I mean, I guess Washington too, but <laughs> no, but this Washington state team likes typically like a great, like, offensive team that's going to put up 40 and 50 and like honestly if they were to win this game i thought this was going to go into a shootout but i think they really cleaned it up defensively and i mean i think this victory only shows how great this packed pac 12 conference is it's so we talk about it every single week and another team continues to show up just how deep this this conference is i mean this is going to be the most fun conference race ever i i can't think i can't go back and think of a time when a conference was this deep i mean there's it's, so many teams i'm not saying that washington state is a team that you know very well could win this but it's just going to disrupt the top teams it's going to disrupt the i don't even know who i'd say that they could like they could disrupt oregon state and they could yes, probably disrupt, I think they could disrupt oregon yeah i was gonna say they could probably disrupt oregon i think they could honestly disrupt Utah, like easily. Yes. UCLA would be another problem. Just having a young young buck back there, who, by the way, that kid is continuously yeah. performing better and better every week. Shout out to a, you know, a Detroit high school kid right yep. in our backyard, Dante, Dante Moore. Dante Moore, 
the dog. But yeah, man, it's. But then again, you 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 made the first team you commented on was Oregon State, and I think that's an, I think that's a team that could mess around and win this thing. Like, right? Yeah, exactly. I think if there's any dark horse in that conference, it's Oregon State, Colorado. I don't even think they're a dark horse anymore. I think Colorado. It's, that's just in my some end. ways it's that's... Colorado's conference to lose. <laughs> As no, it is no. USC and Washington's conference to lose, but and then I, what the crazier part is though is they didn't even win it last year. This team yeah. didn't even win it. Yeah, it was Utah. I think Utah though has got a lot of problems right now. Uh yeah, I think uh, Bryson Barnes got brought back to reality. Yeah. I mean, you go into this or I mean the game was at home uh against Florida, and then I don't think he was really comfortable playing in a road environment, even if it is in Waco. Like this team got lucky that they won, to be honest, or at least that it didn't go to overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it definitely has some Lyndon Jackson didn't exist. I mean, this it's over. I don't know. Cam Rising definitely needs to be at the helm or they need to uh figure some things out to say the least. I think I think Rising you know when he's projected to come back? Probably I don't know. Or maybe. I don't know. Whittingham likes to just like, you know, like BS a little bit. So, and he'll tell you, he won't tell you Rising's playing until yeah. 10 minutes before the game. Yeah. I mean, they play Weaver State next week. So, like, I doubt that, like, yeah, it's it, that is very true. He, Rising, very well could be ready. And at this point, they're just saving him for the game when they need him, which, in my opinion, is kind of dumb because, you know, game reps are game reps. And yeah. Practice. I or, think I think what they should do against this Weaver State team, if he is a hundred percent ready to go, let him throw it around for a half or so, get yeah. the team up. And I mean, you still need to build up guide guys like Barnes and Nate Johnson. Like they're still Absolutely. they're they still are your future. Yeah, like so. Th- there's always that aspect, but I mean, Baylor did not look good in Week One. Maybe Texas State is just a really good team, and like you know. There's always that possibility, which There's I mean, always I, that. There's, I mean, they had for I don't know teams with the law with the big transfer hall. Uh, they've looked good. Re- transfer portals, the the new uh, the new yeah. high school. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I talk about that all the time. In my we talk about that all the time with guys that are these high school superstars, like that they're just going to bounce and go to these massive programs. And it's like, yeah, why wouldn't they? Like it, at this point, it's like you're, it happens in college. So why not do it there? Like it's open. It's, there is such thing as a high school transfer portal, essentially. If you're, yeah, if you're one of the, making an excuse. Yeah. But anyways, Notre Dame, NC state. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame continues. Yeah. I mean, oh, Notre Dame, it's, it's not fun. crazy to say that, like, you know, they're I like I think they're damn near a top five team in the country right now. Like yeah, um, I'm trying to think who is rated five. Is it Washington five right now? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let me pull up. The, the this range. team is just so complete. It, I I have no other words besides that. This is a the most complete Notre Dame team I've seen in a long time. Estimate is. What is this kid averaging a carry? Like, I would love to know what he's averaging a carry. Uh, he's got to be up. I can pull up the. Let me pull up the stats real quick. No, my yes, my my computer likes to just not work sometimes. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it off my phone. But even then, Hartman threw for four tutties, almost 300 yards. 
estimate ran for freaking 130. Bolden stays is a dog. That whole receiving core is just out of this world. Tyree's been having himself a season. Like Gray House. Yeah. Like it, yeah, estimate estimate uh, is averaging eight yards a carry on 345 yards. That's actually insane. And like is... I mean, granted, they didn't play anyone their first really two weeks, but like I mean that their best opponent they played, he averaged nine point six yards and had two tutties. Like there's nothing else to that that like he he is like he's definitely like he might be the best running back in the country. Oh, okay, let's not get that. No, and you know it's this <laughs> is something crazy to think about, but I mean this is what the transfer portal does. Dylan Edwards was fully supposed to be on this team. He was right. supposed to be uh, estimates compliment to be honest with you, and it's like to think about that that possibility is ridiculous. Just another weapon this offense could have had, and the right and like the ooh. price kid's pretty good too. Like absolutely, Jadarian's really good. Like, this okay, maybe they're not top five now that I look at this AP top twenty five, but like they they're right there. They're better than Ohio State. I'm confident. The the top ten is so subjective. It's it, it can you can flip around so many of these teams because there's an argument that a lot of people want to make, and it's like, oh well, why does Michigan deserve that spot? Because you know they haven't done anything, they haven't beaten anyone to prove that. My my counter argument to that is like, what have they done wrong? Right, exactly, and that's what like, I say. It's yeah. also history. It's like yeah. okay. We can't not. This team has shown that they they're going to be in the playoff. They're going to compete for the playoff every year. They've done it twice in a row. They've right, and I mean, even like with Alabama at ten, I'm like, you're going to put Tennessee above them? Probably not. Tennessee doesn't look very good. You're going to put Utah above them? Probably not. Utah doesn't look very good either. Oregon? It's... Probably not. LSU? Uh, no, I think they. Uh, I don't know. They both lost to top teams. Uh, Kansas State? Mm, maybe. Put Oregon it's, State like that. That's the thing. It can like change, man. It's yeah, it's and I think Alabama a... also just like you know, they they're getting they need it's it's only two games. Like I think you can give Bama the benefit of a doubt, and I mean Absolutely. if they, if not, like it's supposed to put it where teams are now, not necessarily predicting where they're going to be. I don't think people realize that like the AP top twenty five is just using their judgment on what they see or maybe what they don't see, what they see with their eyes on the box score. Yep. Uh, <laughs> But it's like, true. I mean, I don't just like other than maybe Ohio State, like where they're at. I think Penn State, Washington, and Notre Dame are better. Like I don't disagree with this top ten to be honest. No, uh, I think my I think that's my only problem too is where Ohio State is. I think, I mean, every, Ohio State at least like Marvin Harrison, fresh air. Like, oh my gosh, they're back. It's an FCS opponent. It's Youngstown State. I'll say, though, it's nice to see that Marvin Harrison Jr., like, you know, came out, of, came, get, came, got out of bed and, like, actually, like, wanted to come and perform. But I don't know. I think Ohio State, like, I, I think it's just McCord's a little bit of a different style of quarterback. He isn't a big-time player. He's not, like... And we're seeing that that's a problem when we're not sticking to play styles. Jalen Milrow is very different than the play style of quarterbacks that Alabama's had. I'd say in the past three quarterbacks. Right, yeah. Same with Kyle McCord. It's it's not – I wouldn't call it actually a problem. I would say more of it's going to take time for the coaching staff and just the rest of the offense around them to adjust. Because you recruit guys to, you know, play with these quarterbacks. Like, they 
fully recruited Harrison and Abuka and even the guys prior, Garrett Wilson, all them, to play with guys like Stroud, play with guys like Fields. And I McCord doesn't have that arm talent. McCord doesn't have that, you know, escapability to, you know, get outside of the pocket, extend plays, or even the accuracy that some of these guys demand. They're going to run good routes, but they're going to play good defenses. So you got to have a guy. I, but my, my, my honest opinion is Devin Brown should be starting. And I think if he would have played this spring, like, I mean, Watch Devin Brown's high school tape. Like, I was just going to say Yeah, that. he actually has, like, insane zip on the ball. And, like, you know, he's able to lead the ball down the field extremely well. Yes. I mean, granted, he played what? He came from Utah. So, like, I don't know how good Utah high school football is, but it doesn't – like, you can't teach talent. Like, you can't teach arm talent. No. And, I mean uh, – Devin Brown is a kid, too. I forget where he was committed before – he committed Ohio State. He, there was another team, but this is a kid who, who bet on himself. He has he exudes confidence. Devin Brown is a kid that walks around like you know his stuff don't stink, and that's kind of the that's kind of what you have to have when you playing for an organization like Ohio State. And I agree. I think I hate to make this comparison, but but it's kind of true. This is the JJ Decade thing. I think Devin Brown just has more upside and gives you more opportunities to win a game. There's more. I just think he's the better quarterback. Like, I mean, they did not <laughs> yeah. in that Indiana game. They didn't really allow him to have a shot to like even compete, even though they said no. And that's the it, problem. That that's the problem I have right now with Ryan Day is it's just like it doesn't seem like he's living up to his word in any aspects. Right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, these guys fully deserve to play. Yet you only you let McCord struggle it out. Like. No, if you don't have a guy who you really think is the starter, because he keeps and you're saying, gonna call, and you're like even in that Indiana game, you're gonna call two run play, two handoffs, and then a quarterback run that like you know Indiana is expecting when you put Brown into the game. Like if you would have let Brown like you know throw at least like a short to intermediate pass, maybe get things going. Like maybe the trajectory of that game goes differently. That that's personally I what I believe. But I agree. But you know we're not the coaches. We're not on the sidelines. They pay those guys big money to do that and whatever. I mean, it's their it's their uh, coaching We're still gonna philosophy. Put out our opinions, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and I mean, like, even to get into this like top ten, like, I mean, I agree every like sort of way with these rankings. Like, I believe Georgia should be number one. They've proven every reason not to not be number one. They don't have like the game like against Kent State They're last one year until they lose. Yeah, which I don't think they will do until the SEC championship. Just looking at their schedule, and when they and, lose to Ole Miss, yeah. yeah. At two, I got Michigan. Like, I mean, you could argue that like Florida State and Texas like could also be there as well. But like Michigan, you know, they've been a top four team the past two seasons. I mean, and this is a team that's playing their starters for one half of football the past two. Right. Yeah. They and they dominated those halves. So it's like okay. You did what you did. They're, yeah, Michigan, and the, I mean that, taking that's a different approach. Yeah, Michigan's definitely uh using. They're just. I mean, they're trying to prevent injuries because, like, if you remember last year, Corum got hurt, and like that's a big part of their offense that's gone. So I right. think they're and just. It's like you wonder, do, did the thirty-five carries against UConn have some wear and tear in that knee? Right. Possibly, yeah. But they're not going to take that chance again. It, it's uh, and it's this these coaching changes. They're they're treating it like preseason, man. It's. If you, if yeah, you I mean, UCLA is doing like the exact same thing. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Why not? If you have the opportunity, do it. Right. Uh I mean, we kind of got sidetracked from the Notre Dame NC State game, but I mean, there's not much to say. Yeah, I, like I, I, I think Dame we, we, we talk about Notre Dame every year and how good they are, and like once they actually start playing the 
higher higher caliber opponents like they're gonna be able to prove it i think they can i think they could win all four of those big games i think they could lose all four of them i'm just excited because and this is something we've talked about every single week notre dame is doing something notre dame hasn't ever done in the at least recent memory and that is they blow out opponents they blow them out this isn't oh man they won that game by you know a touchdown and a field goal no 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 two scores three scores every week big numbers big stats I, it's it a fun team so because to see ohio state go down to a team like notre dame would just i think it would fulfill so many big 10 fans just biggest fantasies and that is just to watch osu miserably crumble to the ground yeah i mean i would love to see this team in the college football playoff like absolutely i think they're i think this is the team if like i mean that team a couple years ago like i mean they wanted that i mean it was covid so you know take it for what it's worth but like yeah i think that uh i think that like they deserve this is probably the best team notre dame's had since like the manti teo days so absolutely i was i just had this thought and i won't go sidetrack any more than this but can we just talk about the fact that okay we're in week three and i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out there and say this, these four teams at the end of this season that make this college football playoff, like those will be the best four teams in college football. Yeah, this I is think... going to be the hardest college football playoff to get into ever. And it's almost it makes me a little angry that this isn't the year that it's the bigger playoff, because this is a year where it's like the man, 12 team playoff would be like really good. And I unbelievable. think it's a year that you could see a 12 seed. You could see 11 seed, a 10 seed win that whole thing. That would, this would be a year that's really going to deter. That would really determine like, okay, this is the best team in college football. I don't know, man, it's going to be either way, even though it's four, like this is going, the best team is going to come out of this. You could argue. Unless, yeah. it, unless we see the conference championships, one of them end on a, uh, and that's kind of like my thing. I think like the Pac-12, like they could just end up beating up on each other. But I still think whoever wins that conference gets a bid. It yeah. might be a two-bid league this year. Like I don't think that's like insane to say. We'll see how I Washington... think the Pac-12 is very, very easily could be like if the, if there is a two-bid league this year, it's the Pac-12. Yeah, hundred percent. Unless you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be the so Big Ten. Much... It could be the Big Ten. It could be the. Uh... Right. It's like you could take two teams. I could take right now. I mean, I get it. It's week three. It's so early. But like I could pick two teams from just about every conference that deserve to be two bids in the college football playoff. Like you could argue that right now it's Michigan Penn State for the Big Ten. Um, It's the ACC's Florida State and that's one where I, I, I have a hard time. Yeah, and, I think for it's Florida State and the rest of the pack for the ACC. Right. But I don't know. Maybe if North Carolina looked a little bit better against uh, Appalachian State, which we're not going to talk about specifically. but All you have to say is they did it again. This team continues. They wreak havoc, man. They ruin people's careers. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, to get into the uh, – speaking of the Big Ten, they almost, you know, shocked the world. We thought for a second, you know, in that first half, Nebraska was gonna was gonna silence the entire college football media, but that did not happen. Yeah, and I mean, I the one thing, and like, I shout out to Joel Clack because when I heard this, I was like, oh, that actually sounds like you know, I really like that take. So mm-hmm. Colorado, they didn't play their best game, and they still beat a decent team without playing their best game. 
by what three possessions? Three like, possessions, yep. That's that's something to actually be like concerned about if you're the rest of the Pac-12. Like we thought this team, like obviously, like no one expected this team other than Tion and everyone in that locker room and maybe on that yeah. campus. Like we never right. expected this team to like be this good. Like we thought, no. like yeah, maybe they could sneak in an upset here. Maybe they can yeah, make a bowl exactly. game. Like we thought they were exactly. just like a cute little fun team, but like they're a legit dog. Like. This ain't no Chihuahua. This is a pit bull, dude. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. This is that. That is uh, I mean, it, this team's deep offensively, so and I think I think deep. I think defensively, like obviously Sims and that whole offense, obviously need need a little bit of retooling yes. on the schematic the side. But mine, just in general, was was unbelievable. Like, yeah, and I think like. Turnaround. I think just TCU was also just like a decent offensive team and like they were right. also on the road and it was the first game and like a lot of defenses don't perform up to the, no. you know, what their end of season form the first week. So, you know, the, I mean, but like this team, the, it's going to compete. Like, I mean, they, like I said, the Pac-12, like the probably hardest ever the Pac-12 will ever be in the yeah the winner of this, winner of the Pac-12, man, you could argue. Like, this is the way to go out if you're the Pac-12. Obviously, they play Colorado State next week. I think they'll be able to handle them just fine. I don't think it's a trap game. No. Uh, that some people are. But, I mean, you got Oregon, USC, Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, yeah. Utah. I don't think there's honestly like I think Stanford's the only game I can like confidently say like they'll they'll dominate it. But other than that, like I, I like I think it's likely you beat Arizona State. I, I don't know about Arizona. Jaden Delora. Dude, I was just about to say he's nice. what do you guys think about that kid? You mean Arizona? Jaden Delora is the quarterback for Arizona. Yeah, no, like I I mean I watched some Jaden Delora stuff last year and yeah. like I was like this kid, like, if he plays de- – Arizona looks decent this year, man. Dude, he looks phenomenal. He can, Arizona, just, Arizona could have another name that's getting buried too, though, because there's so many yeah, like quarterbacks. Yeah, like, you I mean – You can't say it enough. What? Shador, Caleb, Bo, Michael. DJ. DJ, Cam Ward, Cam, Cam Rising. Ward, um, Cam Rising. Uh, I mean – yeah, I mean, Delora, Rashada. Rashada, even like Ben Finley's not terrible either. Like no. that—that's that, the thing. There's there's so many kids in this league that like, right? And Dante, Dante, like yeah, you like, throw that name out. It's like what? Yeah, I'd this love to this know, is like the statistic after this whole thing is done. After every single kid's draft year has passed, how many of them are on NFL rosters? Not necessarily starting. But just on that roster, yeah, that it's it's gonna be quite it's gonna be quite the number. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and I mean, like, to kind of like get into it, like, how much quarterbacks in the Pac-12? This is, I think this is a really good question. How much quarterbacks in the Pac-12 are better than the best quarterback in the SEC? Which I think agreeably wow. we could do a whole segment on that you know yeah. i think we really could because there's an argument that the top three teams in the sec lsu um lsu alabama and georgia that all three of their quarterbacks would not be in the top five of the sec or the pack i don't even think they'd be in like 
Like I think once you get to the Rashad, like the Rashada Moore range, like yeah, like there you go. Like there's there's a maybe Cam that, Ward. That is a place of inexperience. Now now Carson Beck and Jalen Milrow are victims of that as well. They have just about the same amount of. Uh, no, I think I think that like the best quarterback in the SEC. I think right now, through two games, is Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart absolutely. Yeah. And like I mean, Jackson Dart's not better than Shador. Nope. Not, better, not than better than Caleb Williams. Not better than Caleb. Not better than Bo Nix. Not better than Penix. No. I mean, is he better than is he better than Cam Ward? Um, I think that's a very unfair judgment because it's like now you you look at Cam Ward, you can look at the way he plays, and you're like, okay, give him the weapons that Jackson Dart has. Right. Is that is he like, better yeah, than Rye? Is he better than Rising? Is he better than oh, who's the kid? He's one. Me? Rising's one, and winning talks more than statistics, and that's right. why Rising is he better not. than DJ? Like probably not up to this point. Like maybe. I don't think he's better than DJ. Like that. That's the thing. Like it's a serious conversation that like the pack big conversation that, because like, you could go into multiple conferences and do that multiple. Like big I mean, time. JJ's the only kid that. Drew, Drew Aller, too. I, I have to give him respect. And you know who else I have to give respect? Because it's legit. Like, he's now gone two weeks, and it's been like, okay, this kid's putting up stats. Noah Kim, he's putting yeah. up stats. With I nobody. think you could say Hudson Card, too. Like, I think yeah. yes, he's a, he's a name to toss no, around there. Noah Kim is doing it with freshmen. Tyrell Henry and Antonio Gates are freshmen. The other And then their other big receiver is like – non-experienced like these guys really aren't big names well, yeah like i mean the only really experienced receiver on the roster is trey mosley and like, right. like that that's... And that that's not like a receiver that's like gonna go to the nfl or anything like he's not, not at big. all and it's just like kind of impressive man i uh i don't know the big 10 the big 10 definitely has sneaky quarterbacks but once again like the pac-12 we're talking two kids the two of the top quarterbacks High legit, legit gonna be there in New York to finish this season out. Like, no doubt yeah, about it. I think like and but in I mean, like the only other quarterbacks I could really ever like see going to New York this season, like outside of the Pac 12. Travis. Jordan Travis. Yeah, Jordan Travis. I think Winners could get there too, to be honest. Yeah, yes, yes. And like other than that, like I mean, McCarthy maybe... would have to break every record at Michigan. Yeah, I think McCarthy. McCarthy... A victim. He's a victim of the fact that, like, as much okay, as okay, I guess you could right uh, now. I mean, maybe, maybe Harbin. I don't think that's out of the. That's definitely not out of the question because that, we but maybe, 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 maybe it's estimate. Like I don't know, but like it, like <laughs> that'd be sick. I mean, there's really no other like. Because there ain't gonna be a uh, there's not gonna be an SEC quarterback at least not right now. I think ACC like I mean Drake May has not played to the level that he's supposed to play. Drake May is not even playing to the level of a first round quarterback right now. Yeah, let's put it let's be for real right now. I mean maybe if like Duke goes twelve and zero, like maybe Riley Leonard go. Goes oh, Duke, if, Drake, if Duke goes twelve and zero, Riley Leonard's <laughs> gonna be hoisting that thing. Yeah, he's just gonna be better. He's gonna get more glorified than any Duke basketball player on that campus ever. Like. The stadium's getting renamed Riley, Riley Leonard, Leonard Stadium. Stadium. It's gonna be Riley Riley Leonard Arena too. Like, yeah, it's gonna be Riley Leonard University. They're literally, it's literally gonna be Riley Leonard, North Carolina. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dude, that guy would be a living legend. I would be. I think. It, I mean, I think like this is all just like 
off like the high of like the games that just had, but I think like Miami or uh, Tyler Van Dyke could be a kid that like is a finalist. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're watching some of the unbelievable quarterback play in the, amongst spread out amongst college football right now. This is going to be not that a lot of these guys are in the same graduating class, but these next two NFL drafts, man, are going to be some of the deepest quarterback drafts we've had in a long time. Right. Which is like crazy to say. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it, it's a tough, it's a tough world out there, right? Because a lot of these kids, you know, you watch a guy like you could. This is another argument that could be made, but uh, besides CJ and Bryce Young, who I actually don't even think are great NFL prospects, like think about if I think I think, I, I think CJ quarterbacks into that draft class. Do they get drafted higher than them? Does Bryce Young go first overall? No. Caleb Williams goes first yeah, I think Caleb goes first overall, but I mean, there's an argument for Stroud. I I think Stroud was a good NFL prospect, and I think yes, yes, I, I think I, I think he, he struggled. He, the thing, the image about him, and honestly, the development thing is the fact that he wore the scarlet and gray. I mean, it's true. There hasn't been a good one yet. So, but I think yeah, especially with how Fields performed in Week oh. One, but. You know, Jordan loves Jordan loves also just like you know Utah State, Logan Utah, like best produces the bet. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, it was Utah State. Are you sure? I'm positive. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the Nevada kid? My. Uh, the it's only good Nevada kid that I can remember in recent memory is Carson Strong, but I don't think he's that, done. You know what? I'm not even joking with you. I think that's actually who I'm thinking of, and I don't know why that that name. <laughs> well, I mean, Jordan Love does throw to Romeo Dobbs, who is on Nevada as well. No, so it's not that. It was Carson it, Strong. It was uh, Carson geez. Strong. Definitely had Romeo. Um, <laughs> in the last game. <laughs> Get over that embarrassing <laughs> brain fart. Tech Oregon. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Bo Nix, my gosh, I think Oregon. Like you know, it's kind of like the same thing we could say about Colorado. Is I don't think Oregon played their best game. Which I mean, I think Texas Tech and Tyler Shock, like they played good until about the last couple minutes when Tyler that. Shock I mean, when it picks and that he was in this game. Yeah, like I think that Oregon, like. You're going to need to do a lot more if you're going to win the Pac-12, obviously, with this being the deepest Absolutely. conference. Yep. And I don't think they're there right now, to be honest with you. I think it's a I think it's a team with a lot of potential. And I think, I mean, we saw what their offense is capable of against an SEC team. Or, sorry, not an SEC team. I mean, kind right. of the opposite of an SEC team and FCS team. But, I mean, they play Hawaii next week. I mean, they're they're gonna be able to light it up against them. There's no reason yeah. why there's they're not going to. And then I think they have a good week four matchup. I believe it is. Well, who doesn't have a good week four matchup? They got Colorado. They got a date yeah. with uh, Dion. Date with Dion. Is it in Boulder? Or is it at Autzen? It's at Autzen. Okay. That's his. Oh, that's gonna be a big one. I mean, no, there's also versus the freaking Young Gun. Yeah. It's gonna Bonex. Be- Dude, I uh I think an interesting note about this game is is that Bonex was actually the leading rusher in the Texas Tech win. 
He ran for 46 yards. I think, and mind you, not great stats. Not great stats. Well, who is the the leading underrated part of Bo Nix's game? Is it? Yeah, I don't think like, I mean, and we even think about guys like, you know, I mean, Drake May, he's pretty mobile. Jackson Dart, he's able to get mobile. Quinn Ewers, like, and I mean, I'm not going to say something live that like, you know, maybe some people are thinking at home when we say some of these names, but like, like, I don't think they, they like, I think they're such good passers and like they're so known for their passing that like people forget like they can yeah, run the like football. I think you could say the same thing about like Cam Ward though. Like no one's ever talked like talks about Cam Ward's mobility. Same with right. like same with DJ. Like uh, DJ's are great. Yeah, DJ's DJ a very underrated runner. Holy I mean, you can even God. say Ham Sam Hartman can like get like I I think all these quarterbacks in Absolutely. the college college football i mean you could say shador like people don't talk about shador's like escapability either like yeah exactly escapability is the right word because half the time he doesn't really need to run but this kid's escapability is possibly the best in the country i mean you could say the same thing about uh, i guess jj is kind of known for his escapability yeah because yeah because his receivers don't get open i mean even like i mean you could say joe milton and michael Penix. like this is that's what i'm saying i think quarterbacks are just so talented and like like bo nix Granted, has been in college for ten thousand years. Yeah, but he's about he's at Sean Clifford he's status. Fourteen hundred career rushing yards as a quarterback. Right, and I mean they account sacks and everything like that. Season too. high is a five hundred and ten yards, and that was the last year with Oregon. The kid and dude every year. I mean, at Auburn he didn't average the greatest, but since coming to Oregon, he's averaged five yards a carry. He had 14 rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's, he was, he was legitimate he was preseason Heisman candidate. I think he still got like a decent amount of potential to win the Heisman. Like, absolutely. That it's just like, it's great. It's a great brand of football. Dude, he's got 32 rushing touchdowns in five years. Good for him, man. Yeah. I mean, that's remember, a lot of 80 yard. He had an 80 yard scramble last year for a touchdown with Oregon. But yeah, yeah, I think that's a kid that just doesn't get enough love. And I think he gets more hate than love because of the fact that, you know, he was at Auburn or not was at Auburn, has been in college football for five years. But and he think, was not very productive at Auburn either. And I think that that is now out of the question, not Bonix's fault. Uh, Auburn was not a great system. And the fact that Bonix had as much shot, he shined as well as he did because yeah, his numbers weren't great, but he definitely had some games where it's like, holy cow, the entire cunt. I mean, I remember his freshman season, the kid, everyone's like, oh my gosh, this kid, you know, he's next up. Right. And he did that in a terrible system. We've seen that with DJ. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I think Auburn is just a terrible system. If you look at who they've tried, I mean, you got TJ Finley, you got Robbie Ashford, you got Peyton Thorne and none of them have looked good yet. So no. Maybe yet, it's, none of those guys were ever bad quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean Peyton Thorne, like, I mean two seasons ago he was really good, which you could say was because of Kenneth Walker. But like, still, I mean he wasn't bad last year. No, and like, and I mean I think last year he just played hurt more than anything, and I don't know yep. what his injury status is going into this season. But I mean, like T.J. Finley, he's succeeding at Texas State too. Like he he was a big reason why they beat Baylor. Like yes, absolutely. Maybe yes. it's just an it's Auburn, Auburn thing. It's Auburn. I'm telling you, it's just. I mean, Auburn. who is the last good Auburn quarterback though? Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, what when they won the who's Iron the guy Bowl? After uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who was the guy that won the Iron Bowl and they went to the national championship. Uh, it's not Tosh Boyd, right? 
No, Taj Boy was Clemson. God, yes. this is this is a toughie. I don't know. I mean, I mean, there hasn't been like an Auburn quarterback that's been really good since then. No, but so. it's oh my gosh, what is the name? It was twenty. 20- Oh my gosh, Jared Stidham. That's right. He was there. Oh, I know the name we're thinking of. Jared Stidham was that. Okay. It's not Jared so. <laughs> It is uh the Marshall kid. Oh, Nick Mark. Nick Marshall. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what we're thinking of. I mean, he was just he was just an athletic kid playing QB. I mean, yes. yeah. That, I mean, and that's also another thing. Like, you don't need a great quarterback to like. I mean, if you're the SEC and you like, you just got to think of it this way: you don't need a great quarterback to win to win the college football playoff. If you got a good ground game, if you got a great defense, and your quarterback's able to, if your quarterback's athletic too, like if your quarterback's just unathletic and can't throw, like that's one thing. But if your quarterback's athletic, can like makes can make big big throws and like just. Right. You know, if you're not I, trying to build a brand of being QBU or you know showing that you're a factory for NFL quarterbacks, right? Yeah, and like, exactly right. If you want to win, if you just simply want to win in college football, that's the, that's how you do it. Athletic quarterbacks, OSU's done it for years. Braxton Miller literally converted to a receiver. Yeah, like Dwayne Haskins, Terrell uh, Pryor, Terrell Pryor, uh, Cardale Jones, like all those JT guys. Barrett, not, yeah, JT Barrett never really never had a chance. I mean, Dwayne Haskins has had the most chance before fields but like none of those guys were nfl quarterbacks gonna be great nfl quarterbacks and yet they won national championships left and right we're competing with the best athleticism and great running backs i mean yeah when you got guys like and i mean d i mean defensively they played at a very high level with their defensive backs and edge rushers too so yeah edge rushers i mean that's what that's why i'm not really concerned about bama like to be honest, I don't think that like I think they just need to like use Milrow's athleticism more than anything. Like I don't even right. think because it's Milrow all day. Like I don't know why this narrative is getting pushed that they need to change. What guy? What, gives what, them a what, is, what does Buckner? Yeah. What What does Buckner and Simpson offer that Jalen Milrow doesn't? Like right. And Jalen Milrow has this factor to him that no one of the, none of those other guys have. It's the physicality and it's the run ability that you have to watch out for. That you that eventually Saban's just going to. And it's only like it's only his third like game starting too. Like he's, I don't think he's he is succeeding one of the greatest Alabama quarterbacks of all time. The first overall pick, and he's trying to bring Bama. On and the it map. doesn't okay. And it doesn't help that the receiving weapons at Bama are not very right. great. Like he doesn't have Jamison Williams, he doesn't have Jerry Judy, he doesn't. He doesn't have, have John Michi. Yeah. Right. Like, dude, these guys, these quarterbacks were throwing to generational college football receivers, generational first round draft picks. Not one of those receivers is going first round. Caleb Burton is not going first round. Yeah. Like, none of them are. Or Jermaine. Yeah. Burton. Yeah, I was gonna say Jermaine Tiburton, Malik Benson's not going first round. Isaiah Bond's not going first round. Like, I, 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 in. I think it's just like a developmental thing right now at Bama, but like, I like it's just really tough. It's a great offensive line with an okay quarterback, decent running backs, and a... mind you, they did. I mean, we finally we do have to talk about it a little bit. But Bill O'Brien is not the OC there, and we've seen what he has done to the Patriots' offense just after Week One. Like Mac right. Jones looked like a completely different player when Bill O'Brien was in the system. Bill O'Brien plays a big effect on that. Yeah, and I think Tommy Reese is just not 
I mean, we even saw it at Notre Dame. Like last year, like Notre Dame was a pretty, pretty simple offense to figure out why they weren't so successful and they got upset. It was Michael Mayer and a bunch of guys acting like they were going to do something. Like right. <laughs> acting is the perfect description. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, they had Kyron Williams. Yeah. But right. And that's saying something. They had two guys who are legit NFL products. Yeah. And didn't do anything. You could argue that it was their quarterback play, but I mean, I didn't think, but I mean, Buckner got hurt in Pine. I mean, Pine's starting or benched behind a guy who is, uh, I mean, I love Jaden Rashada. I'm all in on the Jaden Rashada hype, even though like he started out against Oklahoma State great last week, last Saturday. And I love it. I think the kid is, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, man. Remember, this is a kid that was supposed to be the starting quarterback for for Florida Florida and then had an NIL problem and, that were actually just as more and more of the story comes out, it actually was very legit. And yeah. And I mean, it happened with another kid at Florida too. So yeah. And he's now coming out. He's had to go to a lower school because everyone thought this guy was a drama queen and you know, balling now. Absolutely balling. Love to hear those stories. Love to hear it. Anyone, any other really thoughts to talk about from week two or I'm trying to think just, I mean, we, we covered a we lot. Hit, of- we hit the ball on a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And week two was just, we, we kind of talked about in the first, after the first show and at the beginning of this show or the last show. And that was that we're like, man, how do we live up to week two or how do we live up to week one? What an opening week, blah, 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 blah. Week two lived up to that. I mean, there was so many just, such good so many good matchups so many good matchups kansas illinois like that was a friday night game that was yeah. a great game jalen daniels went nuts yeah went nuts in that game btw the head coach i i, I didn't want to get the wrong name on air but uh lance leipold i thought mm-hmm. i was gonna say narduzzi and i'm like that does not make no 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 not that, <laughs> that does no, not no. make sense but i mean like, I mean, we'll obviously cover the games going into next week, but I don't think there's really one, like, the only games. There's, like, no big-time games. Like, it's actually going to be not a great slate to, like. No, like, I think the only good game to cover is Georgia-South Carolina. That is that even a good game to cover? Like, but like I, I think I think you know what you know what I I think it's I think it's a possibility that we you know we give some this is a week where we give like some shine to like you know smaller power five teams and like some great right. yes it's the possibility that Spencer Rattler could you know put them I mean I think I think Minnesota UNC could be a like a trap game for UNC like absolutely that could um, be a trap game I mean I'm just I'm I just think, I think we have another great opportunity to watch Riley Leonard just do his thing against Northwestern Wyoming Texas could be a trap game I know it's at Texas but still I mean Texas Tech they lost we saw the hangover effect play in the first half against Colorado will the hangover effect play in the first half against Texas or against Texas and will it be enough for Wyoming to you know make this game competitive TCU Houston's gonna be a sneaky one to watch I think Mm -hmm. FAU and Clemson you know Tom Herman yeah, like Grant Mertz maybe has his game. Syracuse and... Purdue should actually be like a really good game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It was a great game last year. How about, how about listen to this one? This is a little sneaky one. San Jose State. Yeah, San versus Toledo. Toledo. Yeah, I mean that that's one. that's a great one, to be honest. I love that game. How about Georgia Tech Ole Miss? 
Could be one. Cincinnati, Miami, Ohio could be a sneaky one. South Alabama versus Oklahoma State. I think you hit it on the head, though. This is a great week to watch low-tier college football. Lower quality. Yeah, lower-tier football teams. I mean, obviously, like, I'm still going to watch, like, the top schools that are playing this week. Absolutely. You know, face off. Like, I mean, I think San Diego State, Oregon State's sneaky matchup, too. Dude, I don't know. I'm excited because – I haven't gotten to watch Oregon State live yet this year, and yeah, I, that's gonna be my goal for Saturday night is to watch them live. I want to see DJ play. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, off. obviously, I have my uh, announcing gig on Saturday, but that's only eleven to five. So, I mean, I'm gonna be able to catch the tail end of the midday slates, and I'm gonna be, be able watching to watching no midday. No yeah, midday. I will be watching some nighttime games though live, and I mean. If they all get ugly, like I'll just be able to catch up on games earlier than Sunday. <laughs> so. There we go. There we go. Yep. I think. I think. Um. Though. Uh, Virginia versus Maryland's a good game on uh Friday night. I probably won't wa- be able to watch it personally, but no, I might be a game. Won't night. be watching it, but definitely going to be keeping an eye on it. I think. I mean, I haven't even followed this Maryland team. This Maryland team's just been sneaky in the Big Ten. Yeah. Talia looking like you know having oh a good God. start to the season, a little five hundred forty-seven. Yeah, I, I think week four is going to be like the most fun week to talk about college football. It it might be the best. Like it's to the point where I'm like, do I just literally take the entire weekend off and yeah. just and watch is it? football? <laughs> like, do I really want? I mean, I probably will. I might just be like, hey, you know, you know, it's yeah. hey, COVID's back. Yeah, excuse my gosh, man. COVID, Oregon State, Washington State, freaking UCLA, Utah. Like, what? This is gonna be insane. USC, Arizona State's gonna be a beautiful matchup. Florida yeah. State, Clemson could be a really good game. Freaking Colorado, Oregon. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, even that Friday night, like Wisconsin, Purdue, Wisconsin, Purdue, that's no, North, North Carolina State, Virginia, Boise State, SDSU, like these yeah. are all like pretty good games. Yeah. I mean, Florida State, Clemson, yeah, that might be a good game. Auburn, Texas A&M is going to be a battle of like who is the worst, you know, SEC team. I oh, think <laughs> freaking Ohio State, Notre Dame, like Iowa, Penn State, State yeah. Penn State's first test. Aller's first test. I think UNC Pitt could be a good game. Same with Kansas State and UCF. Like, yeah, it's a great, great weekend. Washington Cal, love. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, it's Cal. Oh, I'm not going to overlook though. I got it. You know, we got to stay. Yeah, we got to focus on week. We got to get. We got to prepare <laughs> for week three. We can't go into week four, week four uh, prediction episode yet. Yeah. So I mean, any other any other things to leave before we. Oh man, just you know, stay tuned for our uh, week three prediction podcast. You know, we're we're the upsets are hot right now. Who's gonna yeah. get the next one? I, I think that's gonna. I think we might. Ha- I think because the slate's so boring, we might have to pre- try predict too. To be honest, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I uh, it's just one. It's just one of those weeks where it's like you know. Not very entertaining. Let's cause some chaos. Let's 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 make it entertaining. You no, know? this yeah. is our opportunity. It's like when it's like when it's a blowout game and you're calling a game. It's like all right, now it's time for my personality to shine. Now yeah. it's I'm the center of attention now, not the game. So let's make it entertaining. I think that's what I think that's what we do. We don't have the entertaining games to talk about the deep dive analysis. 
So, you know, let's let's have some fun with this one. So make sure to stay tuned. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star review. Check us out on YouTube. Check out the social medias on X and Instagram. And yeah, we got some uh, we got some real TikTok, you know, shorts coming along that we're going to start being in the process of. So, yeah. You were in building. Engage you can say you bet. Common. Yeah. I mean, engage a literally is sending eight players into the backfield. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Share that episode with your mom, dad, grandma, even grandpa, yep, maybe, grandpa your maybe your dog, maybe your dog. Exactly. It's soothing. I think our voices are soothing enough for an animal. Yeah. Cat might be like taking a nap, wakes up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> in the job. So, all right. Uh, all right. Yeah.